0: to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. In this episode, we'll be looking at the 1988 film, Oliver and Company. In this series, we won't be doing a deep analysis of the film, or giving a bunch of behind-the-scenes facts, but rather giving our impressions of the overall film and the songs from the film. We'll also be giving a score to the film and ranking the songs. So, why should we worry? Why should we care? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode full of street (laughs) savoir-faire. I I apologize. I love you so much. (laughs) I apologize to the audience for that. (laughs) I'll try not to subject you to my singing anymore. But I just had to do it for this one. Uh, And before we dive into the facts about the episode and everything, or about the movie, I just want to say um, we're going to be releasing our the Disney movies that we did, kind of out of order, because I for I incorrectly made a list and thought that the Brave Little Toaster was going to be our 100th episode, but it turns out this is going to be our 100th episode, so... So happy
1: 100th episode! Yeah, Can,
0: can you believe that we did 100 episodes? No. Yeah, I mean, I, there were 22 episodes of uh, Once Upon a Time, I believe, in season one, but it's just, it's crazy to think about, you know, we did 78 other episodes, and, uh... We
1: have done this for a while now yeah Yeah.
0: and you know i was looking at like the our episodes recently like the most downloaded ones still um the santa claus is number one by far uh that's why tim Allen month will be living on strong for us but then it's like fantastic beasts and uh, i'm trying to remember peter pan was in there too which i found very strange but um it was basically all the movies that we've shit on (laughs) <laughs> and, and said how bad they were and i was like oh it's it when people when we don't like things people like to listen to that i'm like maybe maybe we need to start doing like terrible movies and stuff and i don't know but
1: b-rated movies yeah exactly This Which, movie was shit <laughs> i saw
0: i saw this one movie uh in i want to say 2006 2007 around there Uh, It was when Blockbuster was still a thing. Oh, Yeah, me and my girlfriend at the time went to Blockbuster to go rent some movies. And we had just started dating. She was a new girlfriend and everything like that. And I went and got whatever. I don't remember what it was. The Prestige or something. Like, Mm -hmm. whatever movie. And she comes over with this movie that I knew instantly things weren't going to work out (laughs) between us. And I can never, I can't find this movie. I've looked for it on, like, Amazon and everything. The title, and it's probably under a different title now, and that's why I can't find it. But it was called "Lost and Alone in the Woods Two: Sasquatch's Revenge." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can't find "Lost and Alone in the Woods One," al- let alone. I can't find two. Um, but it was this terrible movie.
1: I would it, gladly watch that oh, for the podcast. That it, we should watch. La- does anybody want to want us to watch "Lamageddon"? Oh. We can watch "Lamageddon." Lamageddon is also bad.
0: Well, um, the uh, the the scene that I most distinctly remember in my mind was a woman being murdered by Sasquatch Mm -hmm. Um, she was in her tent and the way that this was shot it was that Sasquatch picked up the tent with her Mm -hmm. in it and you can clearly see the way that they shot it they put the camera angle down and she's just laying in a sheet that about eight stage hands are holding up and I say eight (laughs) because you can see 16 feet standing (laughs) around it because the way that it was lit you can see the shadows of the stage hands and they're literally throwing ketchup on her as, like, she's being scratched by Sasquatch and everything. It, it was a bad movie. Um, but, yes, I, 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 if anyone out there has a copy of uh, Lost, in, uh, Lost Alone in the Woods 2, I believe it was called Sasquatch's Revenge, let us know. would um, That would be, that'd be fantastic to dive back into. But, going into this episode, <clears throat> Oliver and Company is a 1988 American animated musical adventure film and the 27th Disney animated feature film. It is loosely based on the Charles Dickens novel, Oliver Twist. In the film, Oliver is a homeless kitten who joins a gang of, of dogs to survive in the streets. Among other changes, the setting of the film was relocated from 19th century London to 1980s New York City. Uh, Fagin's gang is made up of dogs, one of which is Dodger, and Sykes is a loan shark. Following the release of The Black Cauldron, Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg, boo, held a pitch meeting with the animation staff in which, uh, in which story artist Pete Young pitched the idea to adapt Oliver Twist with dogs. The pitch was quickly approved. You didn't, you didn't laugh at me booing Jeffrey Katzenberg no, this time. No. <laughs> and, um, I left Michael Eisner alone, because we kind of like Michael Eisner a little bit.
1: <laughs> Michael but, Eisner is okay.
0: Yeah. He didn't pay people what they deserved, but, you know, aside from that, but he's, he's already, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the pitch was qu- quickly approved, and the film went into production under the working title Oliver and the Dodger. Given a budget of $31 million, or $77.7 million today, the film opened on November eighteenth, nineteen eighty-eight, which happened to be the same day as Don Bluth's *The Land Before Time* and the sixtieth anniversary of *Steamboat Willie*, and went on to earn a box a box office total of $121 hundred and twenty-one million or $303.5 million today. Yeah, I I think they... Perp- you know, you can make an argument that they were releasing it on the 60th anniversary of Steamboat Willie, but I think they went after Bluth, and you'll know why in, in just a moment. Oliver and Company would go on to outgross The Land Before Time on their opening weekend, with $53 million compared to $46 million. Oliver and Company would also become the first animated film to gross $100 million Worldwide during its initial release. Can
1: I just say that's wild to me? As somebody that like, I like Oliver and Company, but like I was a big Lamb Four Time person, so I'm like, Tree Stars didn't win out compared to the cats and the dogs. What?
0: Listen, I I think I think a lot of people at the time were not ready for Don Bluth's sad, horny movies. <laughs> like nowadays we. Can- <laughs> Nowadays, we can, we can appreciate the sad horniness, but at the, in, especially in the 80s, they weren't ready for the sad horniness. They, they just wanted standard Disney stuff. Despite its financial success, Oliver and Company was panned by the critics. On the television program Siskel and Ebert, Gene Siskel gave the film a thumbs down, stating when you measure the film to the company's legacy of classics, it doesn't match up. As he complained, the story is too fragmented. Roger Ebert gave it a marginal thumbs-up as he described the film as harmless and inoffensive. It was also the first to be released as part of the brand-new schedule re- requested by Katzenberg, which called for a new animated Disney film to be released every single year, similar to Walt Disney's intentions for his animation, or for his, animation his animated features during the 1940s. The film was re-released in the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom on March 29th, 1996. Interestingly enough, this re-release coincided with the release of All Dogs Go to Heaven 2, another somewhat Don Bluth film. (laughs) Don Bluth did the first one, but not the the second one, Mm. but he still... Got money it from sense. it because yeah. he created the characters and everything. So I kind of feel like every time that like Don Bluth was releasing a movie, Disney was like bury him. him! Like <laughs> just picture in my mind, Jeffrey Katzenberg turns <laughs> into Vince McMahon from the WWE, and he's like just bury him. Ah! Like oh yeah. my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I picture him. Oliver and Company was the first Disney animated film to include real-world advertised products. More than thirty company logos and brand names are shown in the film including Kodak, Dr. Scholl's, Sony, Diet Coke, Tab, McDonald's, Yamaha, Ryder, and USA Today. However, the film, filmmakers commented on ABC's The Magical World of Disney, this was done for realism and were not paid uh, product placement. And it would not be New York City without advertising.
1: I mean, that checks out.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Instead, Katzenberg ur- urged the marketing campaign to focus on the classic Dickens novel, and the pop score and the uh, promotional tie-ins included sears which which produced and manufactured products with themes inspired from the film and mcdonald's which sold christmas musical ornaments based on oliver and dodger and small uh, finger puppet finger puppets based on the characters for a happy meal for the theatrical re-release in 1996 the film was accompanied with promote with a promotional campaign by burger king
1: Okay, I need to talk about the Christmas musical ornaments, because I had Dodger for, like, ever, and (laughs) Dodger lives on my tree. He is old, ratty, and does not sing, why should I worry (laughs) anymore? He just kind of, but you know what? He is a classic, and I love him, and I'm glad this got brought up.
0: (laughs) You made made me think of uh, when I was a child, I I had a Pee Wee Herman doll, and it had a string that you Mm. pulled in the back. And at a certain point, um, you know, the recording went bad or whatever happens with those. And, it, you know, he did the <laughs> And I start and I've been told I, <clears throat> I've been told I started crying and I said Pee Wee yelled at me <laughs> and I didn't want to hold the doll anymore. Um, I love you. That's yeah. so, good. so I have a fun fact here in the United Kingdom. Oliver and Company was not distributed by Buena Vista International, but by Warner Brothers. Buena vista international did however release the film on home video interesting yeah i don't know what the like i didn't dive into it i I don't know if it's because they had a relationship due to their brief stint with uh um roger rabbit roger rabbit thank you yeah um but yeah warner brothers did it in uh, the united kingdom for whatever reason uh despite its successful box office performance oliver and company was not released on home video after its initial theatrical release despite being one of the most requested disney films After its theatrical re-release, Oliver and Company was released on VHS and widescreen Laserdisc. (laughs) I hate you. How quickly your emotions change. um, Widescreen Laserdisc in the United States on September 25th, 1996 for a limited time and in the United Kingdom in 1997. It was later released on DVD on May 14th, 2002. A 20th Anniversary Edition DVD was released on February 3rd, 2009, and the 25th Anniversary Edition Blu-ray, Blu-ray was released on August 6, 2013. The film became available for streaming on Disney Plus since it launched on November 12th,
1: 2019. Woo-hoo. <coughs> Directed by George Scribner. Screenplay by Jim Cox, Timothy J. Disney, James Mangold. Story by Vance Jerry, Mike Gabriel, Joe Rantz, Jim Mitchell, Chris Bailey, Kirk Wise, Dave Meigner, Roger Aylers, Gary Trousdale, Kevin Leva, Michael Credeno, Pete Young, and Leon oh My God, why are there so many names? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Based on Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens. Produced by Kathleen Gavin. Edited by Mark A. Hester and James Melton. Music by J.A.C. Redford. Production companies are Walt Disney Pictures, Walt Disney Feature Animation, and Silver Screen Partners. Distributed by Buena Vista Pictures Distribution. The runtime is 74 minutes. (coughs) Starring Joey Lawrence as Oliver, Billy Joel as Dodger, Natalie Gregory as Jennifer Jenny Foxworth, Mariner Tran provides Jenny's singing voice, Cheech Marin as Tito, Bette Midler as Georgette, Robert Loja as Bill Sykes, William Glover as Winston, Richard Mulligan as Einstein, Roscoe Lee Brown as Francis, Cheryl Lee Ralph as Rita, Ruth Pointer provides Rita's singing voice, Dom DeLuise as Fagin.
0: Yeah, a lot of names this time. I'm sorry about that. And for some reason, I don't... it's the Mandela Effect or someone got this in my head sometime. I always thought with this movie, up until putting these notes together that billy joel was only the singing voice of dodger
1: yeah i thought that too and then i was like wait a minute
0: and i thought bruce willis was the voice (laughs) but it's not i don't know where that got into my head but but yeah billy joel does does the voice and because i was always like why would they hire bruce willis who can sing but not do the singing voice and billy joel who can talk but not do the regular voice but it turns out i was completely wrong billy joel did both I don't know where I got that in my head, but I don't know. Maybe I've shifted from a parallel dimension. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is, maybe I'm the one that shifted. Remember how you said we discussed uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers and I don't remember that? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm the one from the, yeah. You shifted shifted universes. Yeah. All right. Uh, That explains it. But yeah, I have a summary here. If I, if we got off track too much. We can go buy it, but I feel like we'll do the loose conversation that we did for yep. previous episodes. I just didn't, I enjoy that more. I think that
1: works better. Yeah, and I also... Until I get complaints about it, we're going to keep doing it. Yeah, and
0: I have the songs down here listed later on, so yeah. we'll just do it that way. So I guess we can start off by talking about... Um, I always thought that the uh, scenery, the sky... I thought that was uh, watercolor paintings. Turns mm-hmm. out it's CGI. Oh. Um, like the opening landscape yeah. of New York City and everything. Yeah, I found that out in doing research. I always thought it was watercolors, but yeah, it's CGI. Um, and I was just, it's beautifully done CGI. I thought it was watercolor paintings that they put on there. But no, we start off with, you know, this little box of free kittens. Or, Well, I, I think it had money at some point on there, like $5 or something. Yeah, but it's something. free but by yeah. then. Yeah, and all the kittens are getting taken except for poor... Poor, poor Oliver the
1: Orange Cat, yeah. which Justice for Orange Cats, Pumpkin, would you like to come in and discuss your grievances? Yeah. We know you have them for he's, this movie.
0: He's napping in the other room out out of uh protest, I guess. I don't know. Probably. But um but yeah, Oliver, you know, got left there for whatever reason. He's adorable, just like all of them
1: i know how dare yeah
0: and eventually it's
1: raining. yeah he
0: finally manages to escape the box when it falls apart from being so wet and from being filled up with rain and almost ends up in a sewer pipe but manages to almost ends up
1: getting eaten by dogs like literally anything that could happen almost happens to this poor little cat
0: yeah and uh takes refuge underneath this truck and which was very clever of him i have to say pretty good survival instincts there Uh, and then the truck starts up the next day he jumps down from being uh, on the tire and uh runs into dodger this uh well
1: he's trying to bake for food from a hot dog cart guy and
0: true yeah and
1: and then dodger shows up like yeah
0: and he sees dude
1: let me help you out yeah
0: he sees an opportunity to con two people i guess which i have to say i think dodger um do you think dodger's cooler than thomas o'malley the alley cat dodger just seems pretty cool to me, i don't
1: right? know i think i think thomas o'malley's more suave like he's like hey baby like i don't know if dodger's getting any ladies necessarily like dodger's like hey fair,
0: fair enough i mean you know i'm a
1: punk ass bitch <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> like.
0: yeah dodger dodger grows in this movie though like because that was the thing that was so shocking to me was that how he manipulated uh oliver at the beginning like it, i thought they were gonna work together to get the food but,
1: but... so they work together get the food what kind of work together and dodger basically runs off with all the hot dogs yeah
0: like... and he's like eh, good luck kid <laughs> you know the...
1: and oliver is street smart and follows him the whole way basically
0: yeah back to back to dodger's little not lair but whatever you want to <laughs> say yeah which it was so interesting i said to you off of a recording i found out that this was originally and the original concept for it was going to be a sequel to the rescuers yeah and most, pro- not directly, but the most prominent was that I was going to bring the character of Penny from the Rescuers and have her be what the character of Jenny ended up being in this, mm-hmm. which when we talked about the Rescuers, we both stated a concern over this sad little orphan girl who only gets adopted after becoming famous. And then in this movie's, uh, this is a movie, sad
1: little girl left yeah, alone.
0: Yeah. And her parents are nowhere to be found. They're not even going to be home for her birthday. It is what it is. But also another thing that was kind of interesting was, um the art style of where Fagin and the dogs live it kind of reminded me of The Rescuers. Yeah. Like it, it had that feel of the Devil's Bayou yep. to it, even though it's supposed to be New York City. It's Yes. But um, they're living there, and uh, Oliver shows up. And, he's... and then there's
1: a bunch of other dogs. Yeah. like So Dodger... Lives with this human Fagin, mm-hmm. and they're all in, like, a little gang, and there's a bunch of doggies.
0: Which I love Francis. Oh, he's so good. I think, I think he might be my favorite. Call me Francis. <laughs> I think he might be my favorite character <laughs> in the movie. Call um, me Francis. Yeah, he's so, like, dramatic. Like he, He's watching Shakespeare for He's watching Macbeth, like, yeah. <laughs> like, when the movie opens. He's
1: such a cultured dog.
0: Yeah, he is. And we have Einstein, which his name's ironic because he's an idiot. Uh, We have Tito, the Chihuahua, of course, voiced by Cheech Marin, which, he's funny, but I don't don't know if they would do that today, if they were making this today. I don't think so. Yeah. um,
1: And then Rita, who's who's the the token woman of the group.
0: (laughs) And she's the girl.
1: Token sexy woman of the group, basically. Yeah.
0: I I have something to say about sexy female dogs in a little bit, (laughs) but... uh, (laughs) but let's let's uh so oliver's like hey give me your like you owe me some of that food half of it's mine blah 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 and dodger's like you know what let's this kid's kind of cool let's take him in he'll be part of the gang fagin shows up and he's all depressed because he owes sykes money and he's like oh what and
1: sykes shows up too to be yeah. like i need my money yeah and, sykes... and oliver hurts the dobermans yeah
0: well they uh, were big
1: scary doggies
0: evil uh, evil dogs evil dogs uh, man yeah and uh Uh, interestingly enough, Sykes, I found this out, was, uh, Disney was very, very interested in having Marlon Brando voice Sykes for this movie, um, and Brando kept turning it down, which makes me think, and you can look over there at my little Funko Pop that you got me, but I think that they're going to, that they were trying to do (laughs) Vito Corleone if they had gotten Marlon Brando. Oh, probably. They would have just drawn him to look like Vito Corleone. Even, like, the one scene where Sykes is holding Oliver and he's petting him is kind of invoking the... Opening scene of The Godfather, yeah, where Vito Corleone's holding the cat and petting it and everything. Um, I I, I don't know that for a fact. I would have to speak to someone that worked on this movie to know that, but I think if they were heavily interested in Marlon Brando for the character, they were just going to do a a Vito Corleone riff. But Fagan owes Sykes money. We don't know exactly how much, but presumably a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And he gives him three days to come up with it, or he's going to kill him. And... Which I do love, uh, Fagin being because uh, Sykes says three days, three night or three sunrises, three sunsets, three days, and Fagin's like three sunrises, three set- sunsets, three days. Nine? You're giving me nine days? And he's like, no, no. Fagan, three. Like
1: Fagin is not smart. No. And also, the dogs try to like help Fagin by stealing. Some shit. It Doesn't work either. Yeah. Like that's kind of what the dogs have been doing. Well, they steal
0: garbage. Yeah, they like, steal
1: garbage, but they're trying to get good stuff so that he can make money you know
0: yeah and but fagin loves the dogs which i think is a d- departure from the oliver twist story i believe fagin's cruel to the children that he has working for him and i've never read oliver twist uh and
1: then it's dickens yeah. so i can just
0: assume rich people suck and the government needs to do something about poor people because that's, that's every dickens story and then <laughs> um
1: he likes he's an oliver he's yeah. like yeah oliver we've never had a cat in the gang yeah gang, gang. yeah
0: And the gang comes up with a plan. I guess they were going to steal that car the the next, I don't, I don't really, I don't really know what the plan was. They stayed, they see a, a, I don't know what kind of car, like a limousine almost. Yeah. a a fancy, a Cadillac, I'll say. Yeah. uh, Was coming around the corner. They come up with this plan. They have Einstein run into it. He takes the blow. Then Francis lays down in front of the car and is being dramatic. The driver, the driver, Winston, the butler gets out and is like, oh no, I hit a dog. Then Tito and Oliver hop into it to hotwire it, which I guess that's, they were going to steal the car, but Tito gets fried and shot out of the car, and then Winston gets back in, and uh, Jenny is in the back of the car, and she sees Oliver, and she's like, oh, this cute kitty, I love it so much, and he's gonna take care of it and everything, and Winston all the way home is with her, and is like, no, you can't keep the cat, it's a stray, blah, blah, and she's like, no, I want it, blah, blah, blah. and eventually Winston kind of comes around to it um and then
1: she calls her parents and they're like yeah I can keep Oliver." Yeah, yeah
0: exactly and Jenny prepares him a disgusting looking dish but, but he's
1: eating it yeah but he... he's eating it out of Georgette's bowl oh yes and Georgette we
0: get introduced is a very to Georgette.
1: fancy doggy yeah
0: the most extra voiced perfectly by Bette Midler <laughs> oh I, definitely I, we haven't talked about the songs yet but I even love her song like she, yeah like she does perfect
1: as like, me yeah Love. and
0: she does the howls and stuff yeah. like that and um i guess when they were coming up with this they said hey disney animators um make a dog that every other dog in the city wants to f-. <laughs> 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 like, like i'm gonna censor that But, but make a dog <laughs> that just sends every other dog into a frenzy the moment that they see it and, and that's georgette and that's georgette and she and she loves being perfect like she's like oh I'm... and
1: she hates the idea of sharing her humans yeah and she doesn't like oliver just on the get yeah. <laughs> Like
0: so when uh dodger and the gang show up to get oliver back because they think he's been kidnapped
1: <laughs> uh, so she's funny
0: like, yeah she's like oh yeah here take him like you get rid of him
1: <laughs> you know what but here's where i would give rita some credit rita was like oh man he looks really comfy we should just leave him yeah. yeah let's let's leave him
0: well and them. dodger
1: was like no he's the gang guys yeah.
0: take him he slept next to me last night i love him like he's my cat <laughs> yeah, dodger yeah. is
1: already like obsessed <laughs> and is like yeah. he's yeah. gang gang we yeah. keeping him yeah meanwhile do- like literally oliver's like gotten a new collar has been cozy with jenny like yeah. they're living their best life and you're like oh my god they're gonna take the cat from the little girl don't do that
0: yeah and they do and they end up back at Fagan's hideaway.
1: And Oliver is upset. Yeah. Like, and... but I had a home. Yeah. And they're all like, Well, we're not good enough for you and I'm like, He only knew you for like a day. Yeah. And then you a little stole girl kidnapped him. Yeah, yeah, and a little girl kidnapped him. Like, dude, of course you guys don't matter. Yeah. He um... is not one of the gang, you've known him for a day. You're acquaintances at best. Yeah.
0: Fagan comes back and he sees that oliver has this fancy collar and it's got the address i believe on there and he's yeah. like oh a rich family hat had him well I'm, I'm gonna send a terribly written letter uh, ransoming oliver <laughs> to get him back um, dear
1: very wealthy man yeah. give me money so i have your cat.
0: <laughs> which it would only work it only works because a little girl finds it like if an adult had found this letter, they would have either thrown it away or called the police. <laughs> like, <laughs> like
1: a dumb man. Yeah,
0: a dumb man. So Jenny my cat.
1: finds the letter yeah. and she takes Georgette and they go to you know the docks. The docks to sit, to find Oliver, and she breaks her piggy bank. Yeah. And then Fagin sees her and he's like, "Yo, why are you here, little girl? Like this is not safe." And she's like, "I'm here for my cat." Yeah. <laughs> and Fagin's like, "Oh."
0: and fagin's no. heart grows three sizes that day
1: <laughs> and he's so mad
0: yeah. and he like
1: fakes finding oliver in a box like is this your cat i just happen to find it over here yeah. like fagin no one's believing you but of course sykes is nearby
0: yeah well fagin told him the plan that yeah. he's gonna get the money from this yes. rich family so sykes shows up and sykes has the real plan of kidnapping the girl when he sees her he's like no you idiot not the cat you kidnapped the little girl and does that and fagin and dodger and the oliver and the gang go to get jenny back uh and they break into sykes's little warehouse that he has there which this movie also uh interestingly enough sykes has a gun and it mm-hmm. said uh, a fun fact about it was, i don't know if it's a fun fact but an interesting fact is that this was the first time a modern handgun was drawn in a disney movie. Oh. anytime that they had guns it was you know old style revolvers mm-hmm. or something but yeah, uh, it was the first time a modern well, so, Yeah. Yep. A modern handgun was drawn in a Disney animated film. Ooh. Um, and so they managed to get Jenny back, but Sykes is following them and he's going to basically kill them all. Um, and he pulls a Cruella Deville and chases them around in his car. <laughs> yes. And uh, eventually,
1: and eventually, like, Jenny's, like, halfway on his car. Faye's yeah. like, trying to save her. Oliver is also trying to, like, save her. Oliver tries to save her, and then he gets stuck with the Dobermans. Yeah. And then Dodger goes after him. And, like... Well, the... I think
0: an important thing that we're missing is that they're on the imaginary subway tracks <laughs> yeah. on the Brooklyn Bridge. Because there are no subway tracks on the Brooklyn Bridge, but they're on them. Which... We'll get to it in my overall criticism, but I I, I have I have a problem with that. <laughs> um, but eventually, a
1: train is coming. Yeah, uh,
0: Sykes doesn't care about his dogs because they fall off uh, onto the th- and get electrocuted on the third rail. We see that, yeah. and then uh, Fagan, actually Tito, excuse me, Tito's driving Fagan's <laughs> Tito little. <laughs> driving
1: the cart. Yeah,
0: and he manages to get it up onto. I don't even know what that's called. The, <laughs> the arm.
1: The yeah, I, the upper part.
0: Yeah, he he gets it onto. The thing that Gwen Stacy was thrown off of and Spider-Man snapped her neck. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, but he gets the he gets the <laughs> little card under there, and fate. Uh, excuse me. And uh, Sykes's car gets hit by the train. Sykes dies. Mm-hmm. Oliver and uh, Dodger manage to jump off at the last minute, and they're okay. Because of course they do. Yeah, and we jump to Jenny's birthday, which is being celebrated by the whole gang and Winston, including and Winston,
1: who has not questioned any of no, this. No, no, like. Winston, you're not like, why are there a bunch of dogs and a homeless man in our very fancy house? Why are they here?
0: You, you know what's something that I do love about Winston, though? A little character thing that they put in there. He loves pro wrestling. Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> he that. Says, like, he's this prim and proper British <laughs> butler, but he loves pro wrestling. And him and Fagin are I watching it together. What I also find funny
1: is, like, Fagin's dirt poor or something. And Jenny isn't like, oh, my God, this man saved me. We have
0: to Yeah, funny. let's give him some... Well, you know... He's paid his debt to Sykes is paid off. Obviously, Sykes uh, yeah. isn't coming for that money, so I don't. I don't know if Fagin's the kind of guy that necessarily <laughs> wants things. You know what I mean? Like he just. And to be he, fair, he, he did to, kidnap the cat. Yeah. His... Well, he also he just seems to be happy to have his dogs and everything. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. seem to really want like it, he. You know, he's not going to kidnap Jenny now. He brings her back presumably, mm-hmm. and everything like. But then they celebrate Jenny's birthday, and then uh the gang leaves and dodger says to you know oliver hey we should hang out again sometime and yeah then,
1: we'll save a spot for you in the Yeah, gang.
0: and then there's never a sequel <laughs> or anything to this ever again um and that's pretty much the plot of the movie uh is there anything else you want to talk about the plot or should we dive into no, the
1: songs i think tito and
0: uh oh georgette's Georgette, relationship yes is like,
1: georgette's like obsessed with tito by the end and tito's like She's crazy. Yeah, Trying to dress me up and wash me. God, yeah. get rid of her. Yeah,
0: I love his little outfit that he, she put him in and everything—the little <laughs> sailor, sailor outfit—and he has a little bow t- oh, uh, a tie on his tail. But yeah, that is a funny little because, like, she, the way that their relationship—because he was like so obsessed with her at the beginning, and she wanted nothing to do with him—and then it flipped. Uh, it was pretty funny. But I have the songs here. Um, the first one it is "Once Upon a Time in New York City." It's the opening credit song by Huey Lewis and. I wrote that it's a good song, but it's awkward animation because it's an upbeat song, but it shows the sad, and I should say origin, but I have original, uh, the sad origin of Oliver's story. Like, it's this upbeat song, but it shows this sad little it's kitten It's upbeat, being... but it's
1: very, like, jazzy upbeat. Yeah. Like, I like it. It's like, I gave it a 7 out of 10.
0: Yeah, which is interesting, because they, they say Oliver in the song. Yeah. But actually, the, uh, the cat isn't named Oliver until the third, a little fact I found out, until the 33rd minute of the film... Is the first time someone calls mm-hmm. him Oliver. Um, then we have Why Should I Worry, which is obviously... Oh, I, I gave a 6 out of 10 to the opening song. I'm sorry. Uh, did you give it a score? Yes, I did. Okay. All right. Um, then we have Why Should I Worry, sung by Billy Joel. And it's the song that everyone remembers from this movie, and it's sung by Billy Joel. So bonus points, I gave it a 9 out of 10.
1: Same, 9 out of 10. Yeah. Why should I worry?
0: Yeah, it's, it's Why all... Why should I
1: care? I'll... If this isn't on your Disney playlist, you're wrong. Well, it's
0: in all the marketing for this and everything. Like, mm-hmm. if you remember the commercials, you remember yeah. this song. Um, It's also... I, a nitpick I have is that they got Billy Joel, who at the time was, like, the third most famous artist mm-hmm. in, in the world... Like, he had, like, Michael Jackson and Madonna, who were more, arguably more famous than him. And he sings one song. Like, if they did this, I, I don't know who's equivalent to Billy Joel today. Because there aren't really, like, single male artists yeah. nowadays. Um, Harry
1: Styles, if you want to, like... Harry
0: Styles, Ed Sheeran, John Mayer. Like, I guess it, like, but if, yeah, if they... they,
1: if they if, would have them sing all the whole thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. He wouldn't just have one song and then a reprisal at the end. Like, it, it, would, yeah. it would be every song. I, I just don't understand why that was the way that it was. And then we have uh, Streets of Gold, sung by Ruth Pointer. That's, you know, um, uh, what the heck, the female dog that we were talking about. Um, Rita. Rita. It's Rita's song that they sing, like, when they're getting ready to rob the limo or steal the limo, whatever (laughs) it was that they were going to do. Um, I wrote that it's a short song, uh, but one with a striking difference between the singing and talking voices of Rita and I gave it a 6 out of 10.
1: Yeah, it's definitely. It was odd. Mm. With the differences, I gave it a 5 out of 10.
0: Okay. And then we have Perfect Isn't Easy sung by Bette Midler and it's uh Georgette's introduction song. I put okay song, probably the second most memorable from the film and I gave it a 7 out of 10.
1: I gave it a 6 out of 10. It's a good song. I oh. mean.
0: We have Good Company sung by uh my heart my mm, I looked up to how to say her name. Mahara Tr- uh, Tran I believe. Mm-hmm. And I wrote that it's sweet and cute song, and Jenny and Oliver love each other already, and I gave it an 8 out of 10. It's
1: so cute. I gave yeah. it an 8 out of 10, too. I love them.
0: And then, finally, we have the Why Should I Worry reprisal, sung by Billy Joel and the cast, and I wrote that it's a fine way to end the film, um, but if you have Billy Joel, you have to use him. and an 8 out of 10 I gave it.
1: Yeah, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I th- I think all the rest of the cast is well, in... They're okay singing, but...
0: I looked up, uh, or one of the facts that I found out about this was that this version has never been released on any of the CDs ah. or records for the movie. or any, like They never released this version with the rest of the cast singing it with them. I don't know why. Interesting. But, yeah. What so, legal,
1: legality reasons are we not doing that, yeah, huh? Yeah. Huh? Uh, you
0: can't have Cheech Marin singing in a song. Or so, I don't know. Uh. I'm just making things up. But I have some trivia here. Uh, this is the fourth Disney animated film to be set in the present day of the time period in which it was first released following dumbo in 1941 101 dalmatians in 1961 and the rescuers in 1977 uh this was also the first disney animated film without any of the nine old men to work on it eric larson was the last to retire and did so after working on the great mouse detective yeah Uh, animators shot photos of new york city streets as reference using cameras set 18 inches off the ground to get a dog's point of view Love that. Yeah. This is the first Disney film soundtrack to be released on vinyl, or this is the last Disney film soundtrack to be released on vinyl until 2013's Frozen. that's well,
1: because vinyl went away for a while. Yeah. God,
0: Frozen came out in 2013? Yeah. Oh, wow. I know. Time, fl- that's ten, 10 years. That's 10 years. <laughs> that's
1: 10 years.
0: Wow, of a movie I hate. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> We'll get there someday.
1: They announced they're making another sequel. Oh
0: god! Um, the man Fagin tries to pawn his Mickey Mouse watch to is a caricature caricature of Peter Schneider, the then vice president of Disney Animation. Now this one I couldn't find, but it said Princess Aurora and Mickey Mouse have cameos. I don't know. I don't know if they were talking about Fagin's watch having Mickey Mouse on it, but I could I didn't see a Princess Aurora cameo in this. So if you oh. out there listener. Know, the, know of one? Let us let know. Let us know, yeah. And when Oliver wakes up after sleeping on the truck tire, he sees people crossing past the alley where he's where he slept. One of those people is Roger from 101 Dalmatians. And I, I, noticed, I noticed that because I saw the trivia thing, mm. and that's true. Interesting. Um, several animals from past Disney films have cameos. When Dodger sings Why Should I Worry, Peg, Jacques, and Trusty from Lady and the Tramp and Pongo from 101 Dalmatians can be seen on the street also true i noticed that professor radigan from the great mouse detective can be seen in georgette's photo collection (laughs) that's true but he's in the like top left corner she has like all these dog Uh, admirers and he's in the top left corner of course he is yeah um well i mean she's a you know six time national champion yeah yeah, yeah. and though not owned by disney competition uh their competition from warner brothers scooby-doo also appears in the photo collection that one i didn't notice um, but I guess Sco- Scooby-Doo shows up in that photo collection as well. I didn't notice him. Uh, this is the final Disney feature film to completely use hand-painted cell animation, since The Little Mermaid would be the first to use Pixar's CAPS system. Uh, this is one of the few Disney animated feature films that has not been edited anyway as a result of the terror attacks on the World Trade Center, mm, World Trade Center Twin Towers on September 11, 2001. As the buildings still remain in the film during the opening song, Once Upon a Time in New York City, and in the closing shots of Manhattan, at the end of the reprise of Why Should I Worry? Which I think, you know, if you're setting it in the 80s, which is, it came out in the 80s, it's set in the 80s. They were there in the 80s. Like, (laughs) you shouldn't go in. I I don't like when movies go in and remove them. I I know there was a big thing when the first Spider-Man movie came out. I do understand. Yeah. Yeah, but
1: that, you know. At the time, it did make sense why they would remove that kind of. you But know.
0: it's also, I, I get it because it was two thousand one as well, so yeah. I, I get it. But at the same time, it's also, we also don't live in a universe where Spider-Man exists, yeah. so it's clearly not our world. Like, I don't know.
1: I I get the sensitivity issue of it though. At the time, I do, right. I think something like this, like. Oh, of course they wouldn't remove it. It would probably take too much effort to remove it to be honest. Yeah. Why do it? There's no yeah. reason to do it. Agreed.
0: Are you going if they erect a new skyscraper in New York, are you gonna put that in there? Like no. Like I I, I you know It's
1: fine. I don't think anybody's upset or you know, it's whatever.
0: Agreed. Um and I'm just have my final final score, overall score. I should say, Left, do you wanna go first? Do you want me to no, go, you first? go first? Okay. So I wrote down this is one of my all time favorite animated movies growing up. And while I still think it's good, I can see some flaws in the film. Some of the animation isn't top-notch in certain scenes, and the plot is a little simplistic. Uh, The animation when um, Winston and Penny first come, or Penny, I said it, when Winston and Jenny first come back to their house, like, Mm -hmm. you could see, like, the rough sketch animation Mm -hmm. underneath what I was like. "Mm." Yeah. Um, And like I said, the plot is a little simplistic. For example, the climactic chase scene. Why would Sykes chase after Fagin and Jenny onto the subway tracks? Because it's a Disney movie and we need the villain to chase after the heroes. Like, that's, yeah. you know, logically, he would not drive his car onto the subway, I, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, I also feel that if it was made today and you had someone at Billy Joel's level playing Dodger, he wouldn't sing only one song in the film, too, if you consider the reprisal a separate song. All in all, I'm going to give Oliver and Company a 7.5 out of 10. It's good and simple fun. But the characters could have been more fleshed out.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. The characters definitely seem very, like, one-note. Like, yeah, Dodger has a lot of growth, but it almost doesn't feel earned. Like, nothing really, like, everything happens so quickly. Like, this isn't like, oh, this story takes place in, like, a two weeks or something. It's like a day. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's crazy that that's how long it takes for all this to happen. Like, a day or two at most. Yeah. And then... I agree with you. Like, having Billy Joel and Bette Midler. Like, you have all these, like, powerhouses. Like, do something with them. Agreed.
0: Why didn't they have a duet or something? Right? Imagine. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Or, like, not even... But, like, have them both do more. Like, have Bette Midler and... Have Georgia and Tito have a song. Like, do something. Like, there's so many options.
0: I gave Bette Midler a pass just because the Hocus Pocus movies only have her singing one song. But, like yeah i agree but I, it's
1: a disney animated film yeah. that's the difference yeah but yeah i gave it a 7 out of 10
0: okay well this has been the once again podcast any questions comments or critiques can be addressed to our email at once gmail dot at gmail.com follow us on our social media accounts once again pod all one word on twitter instagram and tiktok If you'd like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. As always, a like, follow, or share would be greatly appreciated. Thank you and have a wonderful day, and remember, we will entertain you. We will always entertain you.